imagine this. Over 2,000 years ago, a baby named Jesus was born. They called him Emmanuel, which means God with us. But guess what? It's not just an old story. It's your story for today. God's not some faraway thing. He's not just for special people or back on the old days. That baby born in Bethlehem, he's still right here with us now. We're on a journey this Christmas, from the stable to today, and we're celebrating the daily presence of the King of Peace. He's the one turning our dark days into light. He's now and forever, the beginning and end. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 10. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as a father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Thank you, Danny. Christmas Day is just around the corner, just a few hours away. And for some of you, that's good news. I'm almost done with another Christmas. One of the things that struck me was this time of the year, for many of us, our lives are full, aren't they? We have so many things that we've been doing. So many responsibilities. If you have little children, you've probably gone to 
uh, different kinds of choir and children's programs. Or if you're a grandparent, you've gone to some of these different programs. You've been to the homes of friends or had people over to your home. You went out and you bought Christmas gifts, the perfect gift for the people in your life. And you've been so busy. You've been trimming trees. You've been putting up lights on your house. And then that one bulb goes out. And you climb up that tree. Or better yet, your wife climbs up that tree, which happens in my home. And they get that bulb and they replace it. And Christmas comes and you're just, I'm exhausted. Here's the reality. For most of us, our lives are full. Full of responsibility. Busy. But we're not fulfilled. We're full, but we're not fulfilled. And this morning we are going to read as we just, or look at, as we just heard Pastor Danny read, we are going to look at a passage that is extraordinary. It's the promise of Jesus himself that we would have life, and we would have that life to the fullest measure. Because Jesus, Jesus came 2,000 years ago, and he died on a cross so that God, by the Holy Spirit, may now live in our hearts so that we may know God now and forevermore. That is the joy of Christmas. That is the joy of every day, every moment that we live in this world. And so this morning, we're going to look, as we continue our, our Christmas series called Emmanuel, God with us. You'll remember that in the Gospel of Matthew, as it talks about some of the events surrounding the birth of Jesus, that the angel appeared to Joseph and said, his name will be Jesus, which means the Lord is Savior. But he will be called. We will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Extraordinary. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. It's an extraordinary promise. It's an extraordinary reality. As we saw last week, as we talked about the role of the Holy Spirit, remember what Jesus said, if you were with us, if you weren't, I'll tell you, it was simply this, it's better for you that I go, meaning go to the cross, and leave you so that you can't touch me physically anymore. It's better for you that I go because I will send the advocate, the counselor, the Holy Spirit. Well, what does that mean that it's better for us? We're going to see that this morning. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at John chapter 10, <clears throat> an amazing passage. And so I want you to see these things this morning as you prepare your heart to usher in Christmas morning. First of all, we see in this passage that Jesus is the true shepherd of our lives, He's the real shepherd of our lives. In a moment, we'll see why that matters and the implications for us as we live life. But I love this passage this, that Pastor Danny read because it's such a great image, and it's hard for many of us to really connect with that image because we don't live in that kind of a culture today. The, the relationship of a shepherd to a sheep is one that we're not real familiar with because we're not shepherds. 
But it was a very, very special relationship that a shepherd had with his sheep. And what we read is in this passage is Jesus is speaking to us about our relationship with him because we are his sheep and he is our shepherd. Probably the most popular chapter in the entire Bible is Psalm 23, where David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. David had been a shepherd himself. The Lord is my shepherd. And it spoke deeply and profoundly to him. He is the shepherd who leads me. He's the shepherd who guides me. He's the shepherd who protects me. He's the shepherd who cares for me. He's the shepherd who knows me and still loves me. Now Jesus is going to tell us that he is that shepherd. He is the good shepherd. Well, let's look at this incredible, these passage, this passage in verses 7 to 10. And to, to just give you kind of a picture of what's happening, if you're familiar with this passage, it can be a little bit com, uh, confusing because Jesus is talking about two different kinds of sheep pens. The first six verses, he's talking about a sheep pen that would be in a town or a village. And they would make room for shepherds to bring their sheep in at night into the town or the village. And they would have an area that would be blocked away. There would be homes and, and all you would need to do is to hire somebody to watch those sheep at night. That's the hired person that Jesus will talk about. And then at night, the different sh shepherds would bring their different flocks of sheep in and they would all kind of mingle together. Now there's a second kind of sheep pen, which is what Jesus is talking about beginning in verse 7. And that sheep pen is one that's out in the countryside. And so typically, you could have multiple flocks, but typically it'd be just one shepherd with his flock. And it would be a natural area to bring the sheep because of the, uh, the geography with the with the cliffs and the hills, they could tuck them in. And it was the shepherd, it was the shepherd then that would lay across the opening, would lay across and become the gate. Now, hearing that, I want you to hear what Jesus says. Therefore, very truly I tell you, now remember last week we said whenever you hear Jesus say, truly, truly, or very, uh, or very truly I tell you, it means what I'm about to say you need to hear. Listen. Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. Now, as the gate for the sheep, it meant nobody's coming in that sheep pen without going through him. Jesus is the gate to the place that we want to go. He is the gate that takes us to the pasture. He is the gate that we go through, as he will see, to enter the kingdom of God. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers. He's talking about the religious leaders. But the sheep have not listened to them. They know that they are false shepherds. And the sheep have not listened to them. They've rejected them. Which is a warning to us, there will always be false shepherds in our world. And we need to be careful and listen to what Jesus says. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. 
What is he talking about? What he's talking about is every human being struggles with sin. We are all sinners in need of salvation. We are sheep that understand our precarious situation, that apart from the work of God, we will forever be lost. And so Jesus says, I am the gate. In order to go into the kingdom of God, in order to enter the kingdom of God, we must go through Jesus. We must trust in what Jesus did for us on the cross. We must believe in Jesus, and we will experience salvation, which is eternity beginning now with Jesus. That wasn't possible before Jesus went to the cross and went to the Father. He says, they will come in, speaking of you and me who believe, we will go in and we will go out and we will find pasture. Pasture is everything that, a, that sheep need. Pasture is what they long for. Pasture, pasture is what they need. It's the place of sustenance. It's the place where they are fed. It's the place where they are cared for. It's the place where they find water because sheep can't do this on their own. We keep reading, and it says the thief only, again, speaking of false shepherds, the thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life. And then he says, and have it to the full. That's fulfillment. That's the life that God wants for you and wants for me. What is that full life? It is being everything that God has created us to be. It is knowing God in the day-to-day -day circumstances of life. It is following the voice of the good shepherd and following him to pasture, to those places that he wants us to be. This is extraordinary. The Greek word here, and I don't do this a lot, but this is really helpful here. The Greek word here for to the full, to the fullest, is the Greek word parasos. Listen to what it means. It describes something that go, goes far beyond what is needed and what is necessary. Do you have that sense in your life that you are experiencing through the presence of God in your life that which goes far beyond what is needed and what is necessary? Now, I want to give you a little picture of this I actually thought about this morning. You may have never heard of this sweet ride. This is the Changli Nimica. You can get that car for $1,200. Sign me up, right? $1,200. That car will accomplish getting you from point A to point B. It's the least expensive car in the world. It will get you from one point to the other. It will do what is necessary. Or you could ride this. This is the most expensive car in the world that's manufactured. There are older cars that, aren't, that are more expensive. This car is called the Rolls-Royce Boattail. You ready for this? I'm looking for it under the tree tomorrow. $26.2 million. Now, both cars will do the same thing. They will get me from point A to point B. But I'm going to guarantee you that that ride is going to be a little different. 
This is far beyond what is necessary. Now, I'm not saying God's going to give you this. What I'm saying is going to give you even better than this. He could provide what is necessary, but he provides far beyond that. This Greek word, parasos, is a gift, means it's a gift that exceeds all expectations. You don't even have a category for this incredible word. When I, um, I used to describe it as taking a glass and putting it under the faucet, turning the faucet away, on, turning the, the uh, faucet on and just walking away. And it just runs and runs and runs and it overflows and it overflows and it overflows. That's parasos. That is life, not just life, but life to the fullest. Extraordinary promise. Extraordinary promise. Here's a second thing I want you to see. The Christmas, this Christmas, celebrate this great truth that comes from this passage. Jesus blesses all who hear his voice and enables us to know him. We hear his voice and he gives us the ability to hear him. Now, I'm going to say a little bit about this in just a moment, but I want, you, I want you to think about what Jesus is saying here. Listen to what he says. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. I know my sheep. Now, the relationship between a shepherd and a sheep was one of knowing. The shepherd knew all of his sheep. He knew their little idiosyncrasies. He knew their personalities. He knew those that needed a little more care. He, know, he knew those that were a little naughty. He knew his sheep, and he loved his sheep. In fact, he would lay down his life for his sheep. The good shepherd knows his sheep. You know what's extraordinary to me? He knows me better than I know me, and he still loves me. He knows everything there is to know about me, and he loves me. He knows everything there is to know about you, and he loves you. Nothing is hidden from God, no thought, no motive, nothing, and he loves you. And then he describes the nature of this knowledge that he wants for us he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. Just as the Father, God the Father knows me, Jesus the Son said, and I, the Son, know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock, and there will be one shepherd. Friends, those of us who believe in Jesus, we are part of that flock that Jesus is talking about right there. He's bringing us also. We're part of that flock. They too, Jesus said, us will listen to his voice and there will be one flock and there will be one shepherd, Jesus Christ, the one whose birth we celebrate, the one whose life and death we honor the one that we put our faith and our trust in. Extraordinary. 
Extraordinary. I have a little video I want to show you because what's really incredible is at night in the village, the sheep would all mix together. And in the morning, the shepherd would come out. Each shepherd would take their turn. They'd go to the, to the gate, and they would call out for their sheep. Their sheep would hear their voice, knew their voice, and would follow their shepherd. So if I wasn't part, I was a sheep, and I wasn't part of that flock, I wouldn't heed that voice. I would ignore that voice. I wouldn't go to that voice. I would just wait for the voice of my shepherd, which I knew, and I would follow that voice. That's what Jesus is saying. In our world today, there are many voices that tell us how we should be, many voices that tell us how we should live. But there's only one voice of the good shepherd. And we who are his sheep have tuned our ears to his voice, and we know his voice, and we respond to his voice. I want you to watch this video here. Okay, he's calling out. He's not the shepherd. They ignore him. Another person who's going to try to get the sheep to heed her voice. Yeah. That wasn't me. Here's a third one that's going to try to call the sheep. not respond to a voice they do not know. The world will tell us what we should be. The world will tell us what we should do. But we will not respond to that voice. We will listen to the voice of the shepherd. And we will follow the voice of the shepherd. I want to give you just very quickly, we could do a long sermon series just on this, but I just want to quickly give you some ways that the the good shepherd, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, speaks to his people and calls out his people. He does it through the word of God, the Bible, the scriptures. This is how God primarily speaks to us. And friends, as I said last week, he will never say anything to you that is contrary to the scriptures. He will never say anything to you, call you to do anything that is inconsistent with what the Bible teaches circumstances. Here's an amazing passage as the Apostle Paul is doing his ministry, and he says that as they were going to a certain area, the Holy Spirit closed it and blocked them, so he led them to a different point. 
And sometimes God uses our circumstances, but we have to be careful in how we interpret our circumstances. We have to make sure that what we're understanding and seeing is coming from God himself. The supernatural. This was a vision that God had given to the Apostle Paul, calling him to bring ministry to Macedonia. And so God, by his spirit, was leading, and Paul understood how to hear the voice of God from the many other voices that we can hear. Nature. God says in Romans 1 that what may be known about God may be known by what we see and what he has created. When I look at the ocean, when I am in the mountains, I see the power of God. I see the authority of God. I see the creativity of God. I see the love of God for humanity. And God speaks through people. He speaks through people. We see this as Apollos was discipled by Priscilla and Aquila. And we see that God uses people to speak to us. But in all of that, there is one shepherd. There is one good shepherd, and that is Jesus Christ himself. Here's the third thing I want you to see, and that is simply this. This shepherd that we celebrate on Christmas morning This shepherd that many of us celebrate every day of our lives is worthy of your devotion, is worthy of your obedience, is worthy of your love, is worthy of your loyalty. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. It was not that uncommon that a shepherd of the day would literally lay down his life in order to protect his flock from the wolves and the robbers that would come to destroy them or steal them. Jesus is the good shepherd who laid down his life for you and for me that we might have life and have it in abundance, that we might have life and have it to the full. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees danger, when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and really cares nothing about the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd who cares about you, and he cares about me. I broke this down, and I want you to see this. It says Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. I love the way that he says it. He says, I am the good shepherd. Let's look at that just briefly. I am. It's probably these very words that Jesus repeated on occasion that led to his crucifixion by the religious leaders of his day. Because God, back in the book of Exodus, revealed himself with these words, translated into English, I am who I am. I am the great I am. And so when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, 
He's claiming to be who he really is. He is claiming to be God. He is God. I am the good shepherd. Then he says, the. He doesn't say, I am a good shepherd. No, he's not just one of many good shepherds. He is the good shepherd. He is unique. He is the only one. He is the only one worthy of our loyalty and our love and our obedience and our adoration and our worship. And then he says, I am the good shepherd. This word good is the Greek word kalos, kalos. Here's what it means. It means noble. I am, the, I am of noble character, Jesus is saying to us. I am the one you can trust. I am the one you can follow. I am the one you can believe. It means that he is perfect and authentic. He's in a class by himself. He is preeminent among all other shepherds. Jesus is the good shepherd. He is God in human flesh. He is the one that we worship. He is the one that we can follow. He is the one that we can trust. We also see that Jesus, in his love for you and for me, was sacrificial. I've always wondered, and I believe, that if I was the only one God ever created, because he says it in, his, in one of his parables of the, of the hundred sheep and the one that runs away, and Jesus leaves the 99 to go find the one. I believe that if I was the only one he ever created and I went astray, that he would have died on that cross for me. And I believe the same is true for you. The good shepherd knows you. The good shepherd knows you. And the good shepherd chose to die for you. The good shepherd is faithful to gather all of his sheep. He says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. When he says this sheep pen, he's speaking of the Jews. Who are the other sheep? The other sheep are the Gentiles. And all that would come to live in the years after his death and resurrection and ascension. It's you and it's me. I have other sheep, not of this pen. I must bring them also. Who is it that brought you into the kingdom of God? It's not you. It's not any other shepherd or any other pastor. It's Jesus himself who called your heart because he loves you, who drew you into the kingdom of God. Friends, this is reason to rejoice and to celebrate and to worship the great king. And he protects you. The hired hand, the hired hand is not the shepherd. No. He doesn't own the sheep. So that when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep, he runs away, and then the wolf attacks and scatters the sheep. I think this is amazing. And then finally, I want to close with this, this story that I've always loved. It's a story about, and kids, I want you to hear this. It's a story about a farmer who was raising sheep and pigs. And one day, one of his sheep and one of his pigs got together and they were pushing against a fence. And they pushed through the fence 
and they got out of the pen. It was a while before the shepherd, the farmer, realized what had happened. And he was missing one of his sheep. He was missing one of his pigs. Well, he's got a lot of them, a big deal. But there's no way he was going to let that little sheep and that little pig be lost. And so throughout the day, he had no idea what kind of a start that they had had. But that day, he began to look for the sheep and he began to look for that pig. Darkness fell and he couldn't look any longer, so he went back and he arose at first light in the morning. And he continued to look for that lost sheep, that lost pig. Finally, late in the afternoon, while it was still light, he heard the bleeding of the sheep. It was crying out. And he followed the noise, and it took him to a bog. And if you're not familiar with the bog, it's just a, it's a big mud pile. It's, a, it's, it's water and, and mud. And both the pig and his sheep were there, and they were lost. The pig wasn't making any noise. The pig was content. But the sheep, the sheep knew it was in trouble. The sheep knew that it couldn't get out of its situation on its own. It needed the farmer. It needed the shepherd. So it was crying out for help. And the farmer came, and he saved it. Friends, when I first heard this story, I was thinking about that bog, that mud hole. And for me, it represents the teachings of our world where they're contrary to the teachings of God. And it calls us, and it pulls us into itself. And sometimes we're like the pig, and we don't realize that we're in trouble. We don't realize the danger that we're in. And so we're just kind of flopping around and and thinking we're enjoying it. But the sheep, the sheep understand that they need help. And so the sheep cry out to the good shepherd. Friends, there may be some of you here this morning that you have never opened your heart to this good shepherd, to Jesus. You need him. And he's waiting for you to cry out to him. And he will come and he will lift you up. And he will clean you. He will cleanse you. And he will save you. And he will lead you to the full life. There may be some of you here this morning that you have, you're like the pig, but you You're really a sheep, but you've just gotten caught up in the world, and it's dragged you into the bog. The shepherd, the shepherd will lift you out. He's waiting for you to turn your face back to him. Let's pray together, friends. Our Father, we thank you. We thank you for this incredible season of the year in which we remember and we celebrate the birth, the birth of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Good Shepherd, the one that one day every knee will bow before and every tongue confess 
that he is Lord, that he is king of the universe. He is king and sovereign over all of history and all of eternity. Oh God, if there are any that would cry out to you today, we know that you will respond. Oh Lord, come to our hearts and minister to us and through us. May our hearts be open this Christmas more than they ever have been before. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 